This is Hannah. This is Rachel. And this is What I Like to Tell People. Hi, Rachel. How was your week? Hi, Hannah. It was sad. Yeah, I was like, we really are starting 2021 off really great. Just so everybody knows, our last episode aired after everything happened at the Capitol, but we recorded on that Tuesday, and everything happened Wednesday. Is that when it happened? Yes, it happened. And so, and today is Monday, and this will be airing Thursday. So, it will be a battle week. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I I was like working and got I was on I was like on a call, and then I saw that everything was happening at the Capitol, and I was just like, oh my gosh! And then I had another meeting with my boss, and we were both. For like the first, you know, five minutes of our call, we were on the news trying to figure out because that's like when the shooting happened, like right as I was jumping on the call with her and Mm -hmm. just like we're trying to figure out what was going on. And she heard sirens out her window because if most people know we're in the D.C. area. So I feel like even though, you know, we're not like downtown D.C. or I'm not downtown D.C., it's still like really close. It's close and it's like we're in the heart of it too in a way. Like we're right there. People don't realize it's really, really scary. (laughs) Yeah, and it's like someone's coming to your home in a way, like your home area. Um, You're like hometown or your town. Not really my hometown. Your home base basically. You're coming in and you're, you're wrecking our system you're violating violating the people's house you're violating our democracy it's not a protest this is a this is hate at at the extremists and it's disgusting and this isn't american yeah so hopefully i mean i don't i don't see it getting better tomorrow or even by this you know airs um but I mean, I I was not shocked. Um, I feel like this is a long time coming, like even more than just four years. Like I feel like, you know, where I'm from, there have always been people like this. Not everybody, obviously, but I've definitely seen and heard people talk about certain things. And and it's like not, not a surprise. So if you were surprised, um, I'm glad you're finally awake, but hopefully you pay more attention because it does impact other people and yeah. I'm trying to figure out, um, yeah, just just everything. And what's really sad is, like, my dad even said this a year ago. He said, if Trump loses, there will be, he didn't say a civil war. There will be something of an uproar. Oh, yeah. Well, I figured if he lost four years ago, it would have been. Oh, for sure. And the thing is, and I'm not even going to try to bring politics into it, but Hillary and all of them warned us years ago. Yeah. Well, anyway, anyway. getting getting into this episode. So we recorded... We recorded this, I think it was before January for sure, but it's with your good friends, um, the band Flower Bomb, and it's a really interesting episode, and I hope you guys, like, 
enjoy it and listen to their music and maybe take a pause and listen to Flower Bomb before you listen to it because I think it's really cool to listen to their music and then listen to them talk about making it. Yeah. Enjoy. Hi, everyone. We are here with my friend Dan and Rachel Kay, and they are part of the band called Flower Bomb. Hi, everyone. Hi. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Hello. Hello. To another Rachel. (laughs) (laughs) So how did, I guess, how did you guys form this band? I mean, how did it come together? That is a great question. Um, So I guess to give the brief overview, um, I started going to open mics at a place called the Laval Ages in Alexandria when I was 15, um, and Dan was running those open mics. Um, And so as I was growing up, I really looked up to Dan as a mentor um, and then went off to college when I was 18 um, in Minnesota. Um, And so during that time away, um, I had been writing a bunch of music and then I was going to be home for a summer um and I had just reached out on a Facebook post and was like hey want to do some full band stuff who would like to join me um and to my pleasant surprise Dan had responded and was like yeah I'd love to play drums and I was like whoa this is so cool and then someone else who I had met from uh the open mics Nat also responded um who I also happened to look up to and they were like yeah like I'd love to play bass and I was like this is so cool um and then someone who I was just mutual friends with Charles uh responded was like I'd love to try and play lead guitar and I didn't know them at the time but they seemed really cool and so we got together to practice and we all just connected really well musically um and we have been playing together ever since so yeah how did you come up with the name Flower Bomb? Yeah, so um, <laughs> I had been trying to come up with a name for such a long time. Um, and it was something that was really important to me and nothing felt right for years and years. Because um, at first it was it was just my solo project. Um, and then at a certain point, we had decided like this really isn't just Rachel Klein anymore. Like we really are a collaborative project and we need to come up with a name. Um, and so I really wanted to come up with something that was, that kind of embodied femininity, but also like not in the stereotypical way. Um, and so eventually we came to Flower Bomb as kind of an embodiment of femininity, but also kind of the destruction of that in some ways, because I think that's a lot of what we do with our music, at least from a songwriting perspective. Um, I tend to write a lot about, um, my experiences as a woman or as a feminine person. Um, and so um, the, I think the band name, oops, my headphone fell out. <laughs> I think the the band name, uh, I guess, embraces that subject as something, trying to talk about things uh, in a way that maybe isn't always pretty or, um, yeah, if that makes sense. I, I could picture it actually. Like the flower is almost like the female and then you're almost like coming in at like a bomb almost or something. It's like a heart because women are actually, we're not delicate flowers. We have bombs that can go off and that, things happen. So that's right. Cool. 
Yeah. Have you always wanted to be in a band or was that something you just kind of after college decided? Um, huh, I'm trying to think. I mean, when I was like really music. Yeah. What's that? Or I was just like even just doing music. I guess not necessarily well, like being in a band. And also Rachel and Dan, uh, you mentored her, right? With yeah, yeah. too to get her, right? Yeah. Well, I I'll go ahead and answer something real quick because that was a really good question about how she ever wanted to do a band at the time when uh, I started mentoring Rachel. I had produced her first solo thing and. The a lot of it was me playing on it with uh, some friends from the Lab All Ages, and um, that EP was called Demons, and I was very excited to record that with her. And I did drums on it, and 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 basically I wanted to give this like teenage this you know she was a teenager at the time, but I wanted it to have not what she was doing at the open mics. I wanted to produce it, and at the time the Lab All Ages uh, sound studio that we built together had just opened and Rachel uh, Klein's solo uh, project was one of the first uh, EPs or records that I did. And um, I produced that record and mixed that record. I had so much fun with her and it definitely had a full band sound to it for sure. I mean, it was sometimes I listened to it. I'm like, man, this was really overproduced, but um, it was really fun to make. And it definitely gave her that full band sound. And then when Flower Bomb first started, we weren't Flower Bomb. We were Rachel Klein. We were her backing band. I'm going to stop now and let Rachel finish that, answer that question that uh, Hannah asked. Yeah. Okay. So um, thank you for that, Dan, because that was really helpful. And I, I think it's always really cool to go back to, to that first EP, which is so, so different than the stuff we're doing now. I remember that one too, because Dan, Dan and I were hanging out and stuff and he would like show me what he was working on. So that's really cool. Oh, that is so cool. I had started playing piano uh, when I was like eight or nine. Um, and when I was even younger than that, I would write songs in a little journal <laughs> um, and they were really, really bad. I still have some of them, but um, and then I stopped playing for a while, um, at least publicly, but I did kind of play on my own um, when no one was around and I still kind of wrote songs. Um, but what most people don't know is that I was an athlete in uh, middle and high school. And um, <laughs> uh, at least people who, who know me now, at the time, that's what people knew me as. And so, um, it was like, it really was like the, du the double life kind of stereotype. Uh, <laughs> but uh, when I was 14 or 15, I think it was, um, I started really getting into music again. Um, not that I'd ever stopped being into it. Like I was always an avid music listener. Um, but I had a lot of feelings as high schoolers do. Um, and I felt like I needed to, an outlet to express them. Um, and so I like begged my parents for a guitar uh and they were like you stop playing piano why do you want to play guitar um but I like never stopped asking and finally they're like okay um so I got a guitar and I started taking lessons and then I started writing songs on guitar um and then my guitar teacher knew Dan and was like you should go to these open mics um and so then like I started getting super into it then um and it was kind of an accountability of like having those open mics made me write a lot because I wanted to share things. And so 
um, it really like helped me grow into the person I am now, which is obviously I am a musician and an artist and um, somebody who feels like I really need to express myself in that way. Um, and so, yeah, I would say like, it was always something that was in the back of my mind as something that I wanted to do, but I thought, like, I thought it was embarrassing or something that I grew out of for a while. Um, and I really like got back into it when I was in a rough time, but, um, but I'll never leave it behind again because it's just something that's so important to my life now. Yeah. I'm glad that you got back into it. Like I, I play a few instruments and I know I've not played in years and I definitely, you know, wish I could pick it back. Well, hopefully one day I'll pick up my violin or piano. So I do think it's important and your music is so wonderful to hear. So I feel Thank like you so it'd be much. an injustice if you didn't continue. It still has an amazing voice. It just captures you. Thank you. Really. Yeah, so do you want to tell everyone about your new album that will be out, but I guess we're still waiting on the vinyl because this will be airing, I think, January 14th. Yes, so by the time that you are listening to this, it will be out digitally, which is so exciting. Um, The record is called Pretty Dark. Uh, We've been working on it for almost four years now. Uh, so it's really, really cool that we're finally at this point where we can share it with the public. Um, there are nine songs on the record. Uh, yeah, nine songs. Um, and they're all kind of about, uh, like trauma and healing, um, and loss, a lot of like gender and sexuality themes in there as well. Um, and yeah, I would love for like I can speak to the songwriting aspect to it really well but I would love for Dan to talk about some of the production because I think that was super key um into kind of what that sound is and what you'll be hearing when you listen to it yeah absolutely um yeah I so I'm old I'm the old guy in the band uh and I uh been producing music for um probably about like for real for real about 15 years but i really have been playing music for about 20 years uh and i would say and not because we're doing this podcast and my boss is uh right in front of me but uh i think it's one of the best productions that i've ever done uh i really strived every time i worked with rachel it's always like what can we do to make this song even like be equivalent to like like just the lyrics and the voices and as we've already talked about Rachel has one of the strongest captivating voices I've ever heard when she would start on open mics I it would just be like this loud thunderous just sort of like oh my god and you know Rachel's like this big you can't see me but it's like she's so tiny and like she had this monstrous captivating voice and it's always been so like oh my goodness I want to work with this person so I felt like when we became flower bomb and i was back on the rinds again for production and at the time when we started to be in the band i wanted to be in a band i didn't really want to produce anymore or mix or engineer i really just wanted to write music i spent a really long time of my uh career if you will or a lot of my time like working with other people and doing things with other people and producing records and mixing records and engineering and and um you know, trying to make a, a safe 
you know, uh, seen at the Lab All Ages and all the programs that I created. But I really just wanted to play drums for Flower Bomb. You know what I mean? And then when I was working with Rachel, I was like, I got to produce the best damn record of all time. And, um, you know, speaking to what Rachel said about four years, yeah, I mean, from development, from becoming a band and writing these songs and not rushing anything, um, we spent a lot of time on the production. And I think it's probably, at this point, I think it's the best thing that I've ever produced. And it was the first time that I've ever co-produced anything. I We also co-produced it with our um, co-producer, Mark Ryder, who uh, engineered half the record. And then I engineered the other half. And then he mixed the whole record. Um, and then we produced, self-produced a lot of it at the lab uh, studio. And I just think some of the stuff that we did on this record were things that have been in the back of my mind for like years and years and years. And we were able to accomplish it. And I just, I'm so excited for people to hear this. If you haven't heard it digitally yet, I can't wait for you to hear it for free. Um, and also <laughs> if you would like to pre-order the vinyl or the CD uh, that will be coming out in the spring of 2021. And I know the vinyl transfer is phenomenal sounding. I cannot wait to sit down and listen to this record on vinyl. I talked to the band already about it. When we get the, uh, the, 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 the test press, we're going to listen to it at my house as a band. We're going to celebrate. We can't wait. Uh, but you can make a pre-order now. And Rachel, I'll give it to you to tell them what those websites are. Yeah. You could go to mutineerrecords.com. Um, which is our label, uh, which actually Mark Ryder, who Ian was talking about as the co-producer of our record, he also founded a label um, called Mutineer Records. And we are the first band on it. And we're really excited because we love working with Mark. Um, and it's cool to, to share this vision with him and, and, um, and be the first on this label that will hopefully cultivate a really cool thing in the uh, DMV area. Um, but yes, you can pre-order the physical record in vinyl form or CD form on mutineerrecords.com and the record comes in splatter oh, and so black. Cool. So that's really cool. I want, I want the splatter <laughs> one. I want the Me splatter. too. <laughs> I, Me too. I think, no, you go ahead, pretty lady. I was... I was going to say for our listeners, we will include the link where they can buy it in our notes. Perfect. So that way, if they're listening out, they can just go to the episode notes to pre-order their splatter or regular I was going yeah. to say, I think it's wonderful, though, that for four years, you've had this like you worked on it and you took the time to do it and almost like it's therapeutic in a way too. And Dan, even though you didn't want to do any of the vaccines at first, in a way you got to actually do something that uh, challenged you and you got to uh, use that um, to make it into something even more amazing, I guess, like, like than what you did in the past. It seems like it was very different for you. Yeah, yeah. I never even thought about it that way. Uh, yeah, I, I think so too. I think, I think one thing that's that that's true, and I'll just say this real quick. I say to the band all the time, like, uh, you know, 
I'm in this band and I do what I do because of the people that are in the band. You know what I mean? I never do it because I'm like, oh, I want to produce this thing. Like I, I believe in Rachel. I believe in Nat. I believe in Charles. And, and I believe in, in some of the, the art that I can perform. And if there's anything that I have, if there's anything that I am, it's a resource. And if I can be a resource to any of these people or to the music at large, then that's what, that's what my place is, if that makes sense. So um, I don't do it for myself. I, I do it because I, I, I love Rachel and I, I love the people in the band and I believe in the songs. And, and I think that I have a, I have something that I think that I can contribute. And I think the production, when you hear the record, I, I think it, it speaks for itself. I, I think it's pretty phenomenal sounding. It's um, it matches the feeling of what Rachel is talking about, what she's trying to convey. And, um, I definitely strongly recommend everybody listen to it with headphones And everyone works. And I guess like the whole band though, is just like puzzle pieces to make it. So it's all for one. So I feel like it's wonderful that everyone got their parts within it too, and got to bring out their own personal, uh, I'm trying to figure out how to say it, (laughs) uh, bring in their own, like even personal, uh, even trauma, personal, anything into it and make it into something, if that makes sense. I was trying to get the words, but I... <laughs> sure. Yeah. I, I think, I think Nat and Charles's attributes to the record, um, had nothing to do with me or Rachel. I think it just had to do with them. And I, I think Nat and, uh, Charles really, I, I think, and I said this before the, to Charles and Nat, but I think Charles specifically walked out of it a, a better guitar player than they were because when they first started, they were a brand new guitar player. They, they barely played guitar before. And from like the first year of being a flower bomb to what you hear, the end result, it's just magnificent to see. And, and I think everybody walked out of that, walked out of pretty dark, a better better musician and a better artist you know and better at their skill you know because as an artist it's about our skill right and redeveloping our skill and maturing as an artist and you're maturing your skill and i i mean you can hear i love rachel's first eps uh but you can hear a vast (laughs) difference in her songwriting and her voice and her guitar playing my god her tone on this record whoo it's phenomenal um and 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 rachel could speak to this it's just like even like throughout a lot of the stuff on her previous records were sort of like, I wouldn't say done for her, but sort of like, I right, let's, I, we have a pretty good idea. Let's do this. And in this record, she really, really like really started to understand her tone and, and the pedals. And she's now she's a pedal head. You know what I mean? She's so into like tone and pedals. I, I won't give any more if you want to speak on that, but it's just so amazing to see like her create her own sound. You know what I mean? And, and I think everybody did this on this record. And I'm going to send it to you two, Hannah and Rachel, as soon as we get off this. So I'm excited to hear it. To hear more. I did listen to the singles yeah. that are out Yeah, there. I'm going to send you guys a one track of it. And it's literally from beginning to end. It's all blended. I'm going to send you the vinyl transfer, the CD transfer, if you will. So you can hear it okay. from front to back. Um, oh, pretty excited. awesome. I'll send it to you awesome. as soon as we get off. Do you want to tell the process of actually writing like or like one of your favorite songs, like the process of it? Yeah, I'll let Rachel go ahead and uh, answer <laughs> that. Go ahead. Yeah, I would love to compare like a song that we wrote at the beginning of the record, like Boys, to the last song we wrote, which was Glass, which 
um, you may have heard from one of the singles. Um, but the at the beginning of the of writing the record, it really was just like I would write the bare bones of a song and bring it to the band, and then everyone would write their um, respective parts, um, and we would kind of come together that way. Um, so most of the earlier songs on the record, that's how they were written. Um, and like, there was definitely a lot of changes that were made. So if you hear like a phone demo that I might've sent Dan or something, um, that, um, that is just like a really rough demo. And then you hear what's on the record, like you might not recognize it as, as the same song. So, um, it definitely, the process definitely could almost be considered like a rewrite or multiple rewrites because not that anything was wrong. It was just, it, it didn't maybe as a, um, what's the word? Like I was like a raw bare bones outline of what the song was, was not its full form. And so bring it to the band, they were able to, um, to bring their own unique talents and own unique influences to those songs and make it what it is now which I think is really really cool um and then as we've kind of progressed as a band it's become less like okay I write something and and then we figure something out together although that still happens sometimes um it's become a lot more collaborative in the sense that it doesn't have to start with just me um and I've become a lot more open and trusting with the art because Previously, like if someone had started a song or wanted to change something, I would have a really hard time with it because um, it's like my baby. <laughs> um, and now, like, I think we have a really, really good trusting and open relationship where um, where I feel like I can give someone um, the leeway to do something because I know they're a good musician and a good artist. And even if it doesn't end up that way in the end, I know that it is going to end up really cool. Um and so with Glass, um, it actually just, like, Dan started with a, um, what was it, like, a, an 808 mm-hmm. drum track. <laughs> um, yeah, and, like, some synths. And we were in his basement, uh, and we were just like, let's see, we need one more song on this record. It's, like, not complete. And so, yeah, we did it that way, which was so different than just me sitting alone and, like, with my guitar uh, by myself. Um, and it, you have to have like a level of vulnerability to write with somebody else in the room. Um, and so we did that. And then um, I ended up, the lyrics ended up coming to me while I was driving. Um, and so I just like said them to myself in my head. And then like at a stoplight, I like, took out my notes app and was like typing them away. But, um, but yeah, so like just to see the, that kind of transformation of like how at first, you know, it, it was really just like, me and the idea came from whatever I was feeling or whatever I was thinking and then having the composition come afterwards to the composition could really start anywhere I mean um we've had like Nat start some bass lines and stuff that we've worked with um you know Dan recently sent a demo with guitars um and everyone also plays multiple instruments so that's really cool for writing too so sometimes we'll switch around and like um, and try different things. So that was a long answer to your question, but I hope that is helpful. That was a really good <laughs> yeah, answer. That was a good answer. It, it's almost like the seeds 
grew into small flowers and then all these other flowers came and you guys came together and had all these awesome ideas that you bounce off of each other and create something raw and beautiful but yeah so that's really really freaking cool thank you has COVID impacted your writing or like impacted your album? Was this the date you were planning on or did did it get delayed? So COVID has impacted everything for us, um, as it has probably for most people. Um, you know, we're, we're no different than anyone else who's struggling right now um, because of the pandemic, but it, it has impacted artists a lot as it has impacted everybody else. Um, I think um, we've had to really learn how to do things very differently. Um, I think if you ask anyone that um, listens to our music or is our friends, they'll tell you that our live shows are our highlight. Um, and that's really how we make connections with people because we put on a really fun live show because we're having so much fun. Like we love it. Um, and I think that's contagious to people and like we make genuine connections with people that way. And so kind of the the business side of things has never come super naturally to us, but we quickly had to learn over like through um, COVID how to do some of that stuff because we can't have those same in-person connections with people. Um, and so we had to learn how to reach people virtually. Um, we, we had to do more lines of merch, for example, because we weren't able to make money through shows and making money is how we put out music. Um, so um, we definitely have learned a lot. We did, we did some virtual shows. Um, we have spent a lot of time kind of figuring out some of the business sides of things that we hadn't previously known. Um, and then as far as the record, um, in some ways, I think that, I don't want to say that like anything positive has come from a pandemic, but it definitely gave us a lot more time to, there's a silver lining, right? Like it gave us more time to really focus on um, just putting out this record. Yeah, we have no to, excuse. Like you said, putting out what? this record. <laughs> like you, you had the time to do it. Right. There you go. <laughs> I'm excited to see all the music and art that will come about this because I feel like people do have a lot of time to create and a lot of sadness too to create things. In some ways, um, COVID may have kind of made us put the record out faster because of the increased time to really focus on it. But that being said, we really we didn't have access to a lot of the things that we needed to promote the record. So playing shows, as we had mentioned, we always plan to do a tour um, with putting out the record, a record release show, all these different things that most fans do when they put out a release. Um, so there, there are definitely like things that have become. Um, easier in a way in the sense that people are looking for music to listen to people as Dan I'm sure can tell you um people are buying vinyl at an insane rate right now because they want to listen to music um but at the same time we don't have that uh capacity to connect with people in the same ways that we used to that I think we're really really integral to to who we were um 
yeah, I don't know. Dan, you look like you want to say something. Have you thought about live streaming? Yeah. Um, I thought it was really cool. Definitely not the same. Uh, we did two live streams. We did one um, to play. They're like acoustic stripped down. Um, and we could only have three or four members of our band at each one because we had to stay socially distanced in Dan's basement. Um, so that meant only three people could fit, um, which was fine for like an acoustic set. So we just swapped members out for each one. <laughs> um, but it was really cool because it was it felt very intimate. Um, we were able to also react to people's comments in real time and stuff, which is something you don't get to do in a normal show. Um, so it was cool to see like what people had to say and be able to have that type of connection um, by like responding directly to people who could say things that they wouldn't be able to say at a normal show. But that being said, the energy is like completely different um, and it's definitely not the same as just playing a show in front of a bunch of people who you love. So. And Dan, you looked like you were about to say something too. I just, I just have two comments on that. Uh, just being out for Rachel about COVID and being a band. I, I think, and I'll speak for us, but I think for other bands too. I, I think what COVID is, as top bands, is to show them um, how resilient bands can be. You know what I mean? That we can bounce back because there was no rule book for this. We never knew that. Um, we never knew that we weren't going to be able to play stages again or DIY spaces or big venues or for, or any of that. But I, th I think it's showing, I mean, I think bands are really shining through right now with, with what they can do. And yeah, it's weird to do live streams. It's weird to do perform in front of like a cell phone or a couple cameras. But I think it just shows like the, sh like the strive of, of artists and not just bands, with any artist but uh since we're talking about flower bomb and being in a band i i think i think covid on the second side of that i think covid has taught flower bomb just like rachel said she sort of skinned across it but like we never really talked about the business aspect of this band we never really talked about the mark the marketable aspect of this band and we never really talked about like how do we like share our music with like everyone and i know there's a lot of people doing that but like we're like learning like from like day one on how to really do that with we're so used to playing for like our friends and family and our communities. And we love that. Um, and going on tour is another piece of that and building your audience organically. But I think it's really cool for bands and such of ourselves to like sit down and be like, all right, we have this great material and we can't perform it live and we can't give that energy off. But how do we get people to really sit down and 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 buy into what we're selling to them and i don't mean selling in like what we're selling i mean selling our art like you should listen to us i think you might need this right now and i think during covid and not to plug our record i think i think our record sounds wonderful for covid right now if you sit down and listen to it i i think it's a great record um to to really sit down and like because everything's moving so fast you know and i think covid has taught us as a band to slow down a little bit and really like let's think about what we just said let's think about what we're listening to let's think about how we're doing things so i i i'm playing de the devil's advocate with covid because i think it's making bands and artists do things differently, not because like, well, yeah, because they have to, but also like, they're not giving up. They're not like, Oh, we can't play shows anymore. That's done. It's like, Oh man, this is scary. Like 
how do we put a footprint in? And I don't have the answer for you guys. So I hope nobody was clenching too hard, but, um, but we're learning, you know, we're like Rachel and I, um, in the banner, like trying to figure out other ways of how can we reach people specifically with this record without going on tour and not all the old school traditional ways that bands were able to do before you go on tour. Uh, there might be a label out there. They see you, you get signed, blah, blah, blah. And we didn't do that at all. We said, we shopped this record half the year. And the person that wanted to put it out was a friend of ours that wanted to start a label locally. And we said, that's who we want to put the record out with, you know, and, and we did that. And in a pandemic, we did that. We got, we, we got a record out, you know, and not just like, we didn't just put it on Bandcamp and just said, good night. Like we had somebody invest in us, a friend of ours, nonetheless, and we're going to, we're doing this together. So I, I think it's been um, bad, but I think it's also been very good for us. T-E-L-L-I-N-G-P-E-O-P-L-E. -E -E. Telling people. Did I win? No, you just told people how they can get 15% off our merch. They'll just need to go to our new website and hit merch and order our wonderful t-shirts with our faces on them. Order now. More information in our episode notes. Now back to our episode. What would you like to tell people, Rachel and Dan? That is a good question. Um, well, I know we've been talking about, <laughs> I know we've been talking about our record a lot, but um, so I'd love to do one last plug and I would love to tell people to please please listen to Pretty Dark um, on any streaming platform of your choice um, you could buy digitally on Bandcamp um, or go to mutineerrecords.com and order pre-order the vinyl or the CD um, I would also just love to tell people that um, we've been working really hard for a long time and we're so passionate about what we do and um, and just like we we really value community um, and we would love for anyone listening to this to just be a part of our little flower bomb community because I think that there's a place for everyone who is nice. <laughs> um, no, I mean, just I think that um, my favorite part of doing this is the connections that we have with people and I would love the opportunity to make more connections with people um, and I would love the opportunity to be challenged and, and to challenge others. And I think that we can do that when we have a really solid community. Cool. Um, I would just like to tell, uh, everyone, uh, when you go to Munir Records, there's also a bundle deal where you can get this really awesome t-shirt of Rachel. It's literally <laughs> Rachel. It's super cool. And in the back of it is our, our, our brand new label, Munir Records. And there's a bundle to get uh, the vinyl and the shirt or the CD and the shirt, or you can get the shirt uh, by itself, which is really cool. Uh, so you should definitely uh, get that. And I would just like to tell everyone to... Um, take care of each other and be kind to each other and also support your local 
art scene, whether that's bands, Flower Bomb, um, or other bands that are also very excellent, or a wonderful podcast that we are on right now. Um, so and it's as easy as saving or liking or just following and, and as easy as you're always on your phone, right? So why don't you just share your friend's art, whether that's their podcast, which is really awesome, or their record, which is called Pretty Dark, um, which you can get at MuneerRecords.com or literally anything. I just feel like sharing is caring. And if you really care about people, then you should support them. And if you don't have money, you should just stream them or listen to their podcast. That's all I wanted to say. Well, they hopefully they are listening or they're yeah. not hearing you say that. But. I mean, also, they need to listen to Flower Bomb, too, even if they can't buy it or anything, you know, just support uh, artists and local. Well, they can listen on Apple Music and Spotify, right? So if they have accounts, they should be able to listen because that's how I listen oh, to totally. you guys. Which is free. So. Oh, well, it's free. Well, I have an Apple. So you don't make any money off of that? Because I like pay for Apple Music. We made $13.57 in streams last year. No joke. Well, that is more than nothing. Yeah, it was awesome. That's pretty stoked. <laughs> We've made thirty dollars with Let's our see. podcast. Ours are thirty dollars, and it's uh, every penny is Absolutely. a listener. So everything counts. Well, thank you guys so much for coming onto the show. It was nice meeting you because I hadn't really, I well, I'd never met you. I've heard of you. I've heard of Dan, but um, it was nice meeting you, Rachel, as well. You too. Thanks so much for having us. This was so great. This is awesome. Yeah, it was great. Thank you guys so much for coming on and taking the time. And we can't wait to listen to your album. Thank you so much. Yeah, this is great. Hannah, what did you think about this episode? I really enjoyed it. I feel like that's my main answer to all the podcasts whenever I answer it. But I really, you know, enjoyed talking to the other Rachel and her process of writing and how she, you know, never played music until she got to college and or never really like people didn't really know that about her. And she's been able to kind of like take that and create an album and work with other people to create an amazing album. And I hope that people have taken time to listen to it while you were listening. Hope you paused this episode and listened. Or if you didn't, hopefully you listened to their album after this and really um, hear it. And I just, I, well, I love music and I love listening to the story of how people are inspired to write certain songs or just create I just find it an amazing ability and something that um it's just really good but yeah I feel like I'm rambling about it but I really enjoyed it what did you think I loved it I always loved uh I remember when I first met Dan and actually uh him and Rachel just writing music together. Say, did you forget Rachel's name, your own name? I know, right? I don't know why I did that. Rachel, the awesome singer and songwriter and everything, Rachel. And just to see her develop too. Yes, I never got to know her personally, but the music style, both of their styles just developed into something 
I don't even know. Like the album is amazing, and the band Flower Bomb is just how the music is. It really touches deep into um, a lot of personal uh, thing, feelings, and I really love that she did that and brought all that, um, even pain, sadness, and even happiness into her music and their music in general. I think they're going to go far with this band, and this album is wonderful. Along with, they have been also um, nominated for the Whammies in D.C., which is a D.C. Uh, music awards. Uh, and we will put links to those, too, so you guys could also vote and learn more about the Whammies of D.C. Yeah, and when's the deadline for that? It, by until January 31st, 2021, you can nominate and you could vote for your favorite musicians. And there's many different categories, just like other awards. Um, and so we will put the link there too. Yeah, so that's you guys, awesome. I hope they win. Me too. And I will be definitely voting a lot <laughs> just because. Yeah. Well, so next week, our episode is about telling people about B-Tune Fitness, and that is with your cousin's wife, Jody. Yep. Jody Merrill. Yep. And that will be a fun episode. Yeah. So I hope that people will tune in next week. What I'd like to tell people is an independent podcast recorded and edited by us, Rachel and Hannah. Our theme song is written and recorded by Sean Price. Please like us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Make sure to subscribe to our show so you can receive the latest episode. Also, rate and review our episodes so we can receive more listeners. Go to our website www.whatidliketotellpeople.com. Find the link and more information in the episode notes. Until next week. And this was What I'd Like to Tell People.